2: live. Yeah. Hey, what's up, man? I um, how's next Monday for you? Uh,
3: Vince has a new book to do. We did that, that the Ohio Fighters book. He's got one on Actually, radio personalities and stuff. He wants to do an interview. And he said next Monday. I can try to push it to Tuesday if that's a better night. Um, yeah, that should work. What's the book about? It's about season's finest uh, radio. There. Let me for, I'm going to forward you the press release next time. Okay. Ready, but, I mean, I know one of the exes, because somebody was arguing with him on Twitter. He's got a chapter on Greg Brenda. <laughs> you're uh, you're breaking a crowd, up a little bit. Heart. I know, I'm just, I'm just sitting so I'm gonna get up here in a second. Oh, okay. Um Larry Nance, Austin Clark, Craig Elo, Otto Ort, Bruce Miller, Hector Marinero. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm
2: this to you right now. had sent out a press
3: release, and, like, I think we were just on the list for the press release, so I didn't really know if he wanted to do anything or not. And then, like, he's got a publicist now, or something, you know, like, so they're both emailing me, like, they're both emailing, and, like, it's just, like, unnecessary I mean, confusion, you know what I mean? Like,
4: right. be... <laughs> like
3: hey, listen, then they're like, can we get a response? And it's like, a response? Or what? I just think like, yeah, <laughs> Cause he sent an email today and
4: he was like, Well, you know, um, let's get this NFL show going. And
3: then I didn't hear back from John here. I know it was late, but I don't know. I don't know what we got for in the book or you just want to go without him or, you know, we try to call the guy. I don't want to call the guy because he never responded. I sent him a message on Twitter too, so.
1: This game, this week's card kind of sucks. I've got a couple, uh, like two games that I can mention that I'm interested in, and that's about it for yeah, me. Yeah,
3: no, it's it's that's why I didn't think it would take us long to do this because, I mean, there's not much to talk about. Right. Um, and I didn't know. That's why I was trying to throw some college football questions out there to kind of spark a little uh, conversation, you know, but we don't even really have to go into that. We can just talk about some of the games and kind of go through it there. Um, Probably talk about the coaching stuff. And then maybe some Heisman talk. I don't know. And if – I didn't – see, that's why I was trying to feel it out. Like, maybe if your final four has changed. I mean, the only thing for me is Utah dropped out. So Clemson's up there. It's not really – you know, that's not earth shattering. You know what I mean? Right. That's a con in the game. I was going nuts, man. I didn't get this guy LeBron out of this game. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. It is This is the –
0: Joe uh, they are. There they
4: are. You're, yeah, my guy. <laughs> I'll tell you, this, this Jared Cunningham guy is a baller, man. <laughs> yeah, it seems like they kept the right guy.
1: Yeah,
3: he comes in trying to jump on somebody at least one out the seat.
1: Mo Williams bringing
3: the goosey back. <laughs> oh, Mo, hey, man, you know, you know my knock on Mo. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> just be a hey, just don't disappear when
2: April comes that's all my advice. right Joe Harris be new... oh Joe Harris um... <laughs> I'm really exhausted by the
3: student I, I can't do another the bond, this and that I just can't do it so I ain't got much to say about these guys <laughs>
4: I, can't, I can't... What, the Cavs?
3: The, no, the, the Browns. I
4: can't... I'm oh, the Browns? Well. Oh, God, yeah. It's, it's... I was
1: dead on. <laughs> I
3: had it... No, pe- I worked. had that game All yeah, your yeah. predictions were spotted on, actually, from that last show, because I cut it up that way. So, I'm going <laughs> to tweet advertising it again. But, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he, he has the crystal ball crystal clear, Yeah. You know, <laughs> so. He said the Blue Jackets would win, and then... Uh, well, you picked the
4: miss, but... Yeah. I think
1: I'm going to be wrong on that one. The problem with the, the Royals... Royals, the, Royals
3: get this, the Royals get this one tonight,
1: they got it. Yeah. I mean, you can still go back to New York, and you got three games, so you can get... It, it, whatever. But the problem with is the Royals don't strike out. <laughs> You've got a bunch yeah. of fireballers, and these guys just put 100-mile-per-hour fastballs into play. <laughs> so instead of missing...
3: Also though they have good at bats too though. Like Yeah, you know, that's they, what I mean. They the make those are... they make those guys bring it back in the zone. Like. Oh yeah. What, you know what I mean? Like That's what I mean oh, no, the Indians out. Could take a picture, the Indians can take a pitch out of that book. Good guy. <laughs> um, they just mind. You know, that's what you know that's one of my pet peeves, man. See a guy come up, swing at the first two pitches, not even trying to gauge and then like if the first pitch is a ball, you know this guy's probably gonna throw you a ball again just to to this you know, not unless this guy's Clemens or somebody. You know what I mean, like, so what are you doing? Right.
4: Did you
1: happen to catch any of Lenny Dykstra's interview with the coward? I, I caught
3: the I caught the whole thing. I don't buy that shit. <laughs> no no you know Who's I mean? a, like, like, a liar? I was a fucking liar. I mean, like, it was. It doesn't even sound right. Like. So you love gambling. I think so he much. was high. <laughs> you no, know, that's what that's what somebody said. I see somebody tweet that or something. They are like, This guy looks like he's higher than a kite right now. Nobody's <laughs> um and the other thing is like I was I because I, I was actually watching the herd, so I saw Colin's reaction and then they kept playing it over and over again. And this guy was trying to sell it as this watershed moment in baseball like he broke something. You know what I mean? And right. Like, and I can't remember, was he the one who interviewed Kaseko? No, it wasn't him, but I think he did an interview with Casco and he did the same thing. But Conseco was actually telling the truth, um, right? But this, it, like, no, no. I
0: mean,
3: so, so Lee Dykes just a Tony Soprano of baseball? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> right. Yeah, you know what I mean, that's that's all I could think about when I was watching that. He's like, well, here, he's blackmailed to a man.
1: Jesus. This blackmailing umpires? What the fuck? And how many? How many?
3: <laughs> how many World Series did the Phillies win when Lillian Dykes was playing? And Andrew, so got, you know what yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the whole thing doesn't add up. Yeah, like, and why are you broke right now, bro? Like, you know what I mean, like, if the whole thing doesn't make sense, like, I don't know.
1: No. He made it sound like everybody's doing this. You know, everybody's digging up dirt on umpires <laughs> to get a walk. If you're going to leave the league and walks, then you must have been uh, digging up dirt
3: on umpires. I could see the part where he was trying. See, the thing is, like, yeah, he makes it sound like it was so, like, you said one or two guys I knew I could, you know, mess with a little bit, you know. You know, back then homosexuality was frowned upon, so those guys didn't want their sexuality in question and stuff. Like, that kind of makes sense, as that could be kind of like a blackmail tactic. But what you want to say? Like, you know, like you gonna you gonna be breaking little girls uh people's kids' fucking legs? I mean I don't you know what I mean? What's the other, I, other I, you know <laughs> this cheating on his idiot. wife maybe? You know, like but what else you know like
4: who takes out who
1: who says that they take out five hundred thousand dollars to hire a team of private investigators to get a couple balls and strike calls to go his way?
0: Yeah, <laughs> Come on. It, yeah. <laughs>
3: And then everybody's like, well, he we didn't leave, then we we'll walk. Okay. Nobody wants to. Do that. Yeah, right, right. it's, it's,
4: <laughs> There's someone who leads and walks every
1: year, Lenny. <laughs> That's my point. In both ways. <laughs> <league, laughs> they're not all going out and spending half a million dollars to find out uh,
3: an upfired sexual preference. And this is the thing that kills me. That's why I love that line. That's why I used it. That's what got me thinking about doing that kind of new style intro. Uh, with the clips of us saying stuff, is that line you say about if Pete Rose was a better gambler? Like, if these guys are so good at doing if you're so good at that, well, yeah, where's the money at, lady? Like, yeah, that's my whole thing.
4: Yeah, he wouldn't be in any trouble if he was a better gambler.
3: That's a great line. All right. This is with an Ohio Bias, a podcast for real fans with D and J. NFL Week 7. I am D. Cleveland born and raised, Buckeye born and bred. And I'm Jake
1: from Youngstown to C Bus. We're talking the National Football League.
3: Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's getting tight. If you're a fancy football player, we we got a little bit of info for you with Fancy gold, and Fancy but there ain't a lot out there on those waiver wires. Not a lot you can do besides make some trades to make your teams better if you already lost six games, like some people I have in one league. So, uh, not going to bore you with those gory details. Um, And then, of course, we'll pick every game for the Week 7 schedule of the National Football League. football. Jake, let's get into it. Fantasy Gold. Um, I'm looking at some running backs. We know Arian Foster went down, so I like Alfred Blue with the Houston Texans, and this will be pure garbage points that they will score. Um, And also, Charles Sims backing up the Muscle Hamster or whatever this guy wants to be called in Tampa Bay. Uh, Also, of course, we like the Maryland product that should have went to Ohio State, Stephon Diggs, who's looking like he's finding his uh, self a, as a deep threat for Teddy Bridgewater up there with the Minnesota Vikings. Also with the Vikings, I like Kyle Rudolph. Also with the Vikings, I like Blair Walsh, who scored 20-plus points last week for fantasy owners on five different field goals. So very heavy on the Vikings positions for some of those specialty positions. Um, and then, of course, I like the Miami Dolphins defense. I think they're finding a stride. I even like them against New England. Uh, we saw the, uh, the Patriots, you know, Tom Brady's just amazing, but they didn't put up that many points against the Jets, and I think we're going to see a close game again, but we'll, of course, get in that prediction later. But those are the guys. Uh, if you're looking for a QB, I am a big fan of Derek Carr. Uh, I think Derek Carr, he lit up the Chargers. You know, they were, I mean, and a big big success from Derek Carr has to do with Amari Cooper. So uh, if you can pick him up on your waiver wire, but it's real thin out there for fantasy owners right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's uh, this time of year with all the buys going on and everything else. Another thing to always take take a look at is who guys are dropping. Well, uh, there's some guys out there that you know, especially kickers and defenses. Uh, some guys are put in some tough situations and have to make decisions on filling out a roster. So you can kind of maybe get a steal at this time of year uh, next week. I know there's six teams on a buy, so there's going to be, keep your eye out on the waiver wire and see what other teams are doing as well. Uh, as far as some of those guys that you might start thinking about dropping right now on uh, the fantasy cold side of it, C.J. Spiller uh, is completely disappointed in New Orleans. Uh, in six games, he has 16 carries, 21 catches, one touchdown. Uh, Mark Ingram has been great there, and uh, he's even losing some receptions, too. So, uh, C.J. Spiller right now, definitely fantasy cold and a guy that you could probably get rid of to make room to, to replace your kicker on that bye week. Uh, another guy who was expected, you know, who's a top-five-round guy, a running back who's going to be a starter, Andre Ellington. Uh, Chris Johnson has just taken this job. I didn't think he had anything left in the tank, but he's proven me wrong. But Andre Ellington, last four games, 14 carries, eight catches, uh, one touchdown, just not getting a lot of action at all. Another guy, I don't know if it's quite yet time to drop him, but he's the guy you're going to have to consider when you're making those tough decisions. Uh, Rashad Jennings, last three games, one touchdown, six catches, uh, nine carries, 11 carries, and five carries in those three games. He's just Shane Vereen. Is lo- he's losing the touches and the receptions to Shane Vereen uh Andre Williams and now there's a, a new back in the mix as well in New York so keep an eye on Rashad Jennings a guy who was supposed to be the number one back is now basically useless in fantasy football and then a, a kind of a strange one LeGarrette Blount or Blount last week you he, he had Deion Lewis out the week before he catches a touchdown he runs for a touchdown you expect a big week well he was in the game for eight snaps. You never know what's going to happen with Bill Belichick and his running back situation. It's uh, it, it's such a fluid thing. LeGarrette Blount, another guy you're going to have to consider uh, dropping in those situations. All those guys, though, definitely at this point fantasy cold.
4: All right.
3: We're getting into NFL Week 7. Before we get to the picks, one of the things that's been sticking in my craw, you just made me think about when you were saying about uh, the bye week coming up with six teams on a bye week. What in the hell is going on with the NFL and scheduling nine games and then only having two, nine games in the morning, one game in the morning, nine games in the early afternoon at 1 o'clock, and then two games at 4 o'clock? Why are we, I knew it was a lot of East Coast starts with some of those games, but my goodness. It is so annoying when you only have two games to watch in the afternoon and one's a blowout with, you know, somebody like the Giants or somebody sticking it up out there in the Cowboys. I mean, I don't That's just, you know, something that's been bothering me.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. Uh, and, and here we are. Uh, is This 9.30 game, I'm guessing it's another London game. Uh, so, um, it, I don't know. It, it's just it, – it feels like a little bit too much sometimes uh, with, with what's going on.
3: Yeah, if it's the NFL gets their way, there'll be more London games than in St. Louis. All right, let's get into it. NFL Week 7, the Thursday night matchup. you got the hottest team in football right now taking on the best team in football.
2: you got the Miami Dolphins going to Foxborough to take on
3: the
4: New England Patriots. I think this one could be
1: closer than a lot of people think. Uh, It's a Thursday night short rest. You don't get that normal time to prepare. And Miami's riding high on emotion. Um, And that could carry you in this short week. So I I think New England does get the job done done at home. But I think it'll be a very competitive game and uh, probably a pretty good watch for what's
3: been a pretty dud Thursday night lineup so far. Oh yeah, these conference matchups have been awful on Thursday nights. But I agree with you. I think this is going to be a great, great thing because Miami's right now is living off of emotion and dreams, and uh, nobody crushes dreams better than the Patriots. I will say this: on the short week though, uh, Bill Belichick always has his team ready, but the Patriots always have kind of a clunky game, and I think this might be that one uh, when you talk about, you know, they were trying to figure out what they're doing at running back and things like that. So uh, I, I like the I like the Dolphins to get the uh, Thursday night magic behind them and keep the emotion rolling. I think the fish win big. Wow. Big upset.
4: We go to Sunday,
3: and London is calling again. The Detroit Lions will take on the chefs over and across the pond.
1: Yeah, these London games, I have no idea how they're going to go. There's so many variables that go on, all that travel. Uh, The NFL and their players and coaches are such creatures of habit. It throws everything off, so it's like a crapshoot. We saw a a good one if you were able to get the game online and watch it last week uh, as as Buffalo and Jacksonville went back and forth in the second half. First half, not so much, but uh, as far as this one goes, you know, Kansas City just – I know they won last week, but it was against a banged-up Steelers team. And I just feel like maybe a little change on the offensive coordinator now with Detroit gives them just enough spark. I'm going to take the Lions begrudgingly. I just think they'll score more points than Kansas City.
3: Well, I mean, it's it's one of those hold-your-nose games because um, – you, you don't know what to expect, what like you said about these teams making a long trip over. But my problem is, you know, these, these early morning games, like that Bills-Jaguars game, I it was rooting for the Jaguars after they had the great second quarter, and they scored 21 points. But then, you know, this guy goes for it on four straight downs, running the ball with Toby Gerhardt. Now, I didn't have C.J. Yelda, but it was just a stupid play calling. So I was actually rooting against the Jaguars, but then the Bills come back, And then they started doing stupid play calls, so I started rooting for the Jaguars again. That's how crazy (laughs) that game was. But, uh, you know, when we talk about this when Matt Stafford hurt that finger on his non-thorn hand. He was wearing a glove. He's been awful already this year. Can't get the ball to go take Calvin Johnson. uh, Eric Ebron actually was pretty decent last week in garbage time. But I like the Chiefs here. Uh, For some reason, Alex Smith should be able to get the ball to Travis Kelsey, if nobody else, and get that team moving. Um, And they – Still have Nile Davis and Kendrick Russ had actually a decent game last week, so I like the Chiefs to uh, find a way. That that defense is not supposed to be bad. They give up a lot of points for some reason. I don't know why. It's something's just not right there. But I think they'll find a way. I think they'll just play better than the Lions. They'll be the they'll be the best of the worst, as they say. So the chefs come out on top. All right, regular football start time. Let's let's go ahead and get it out of the way. The Arizona Cardinals come to Cleveland to take on the Browns. uh, We talked very briefly off-air because I am exhausted with this Cleveland Browns.
0: It's
1: exactly going down to the script, it feels like. Um, This is your season here. Let's get it out the way.
3: Let's get it out the way. You knew that game was over when Joshua Cowell went fucking on ice skates into the goddamn wall because it was another one of these fucking moments where you're like, you've never seen it before, but of course it would happen to the Cleveland Browns. I've never seen anybody slide to the wall 150 yards from the sideline. I mean, it my was other like, thing with this Macau guy, grab the cheerleader, man. Yeah, know what I'm Grab the cheerleader, save the world, you know?
0: Yeah,
1: it, it was laughable. It, it felt very brownish. Um, you know, it reminded me of Gus Farratt headbutting his head into the wall after a touchdown only without any sort of positive results. Um it, Yeah, we're seeing from Josh McCown, for the first four or five weeks, we saw all pro Josh McCown. There's a reason he's been on all these teams. There's a reason he's never been a starter for an entire season. There's a reason he was out of the league. Uh, The stats on the back of your bubble bubble gum card eventually show up, and you are who you are, and the median is going to come down and Josh McCown's just not going to be the same guy. He's going to make bad decisions. We've already seen starts of this. Uh, he, he panics under pressure. He has no sense of w- where the pressure is coming from. And he makes bad decisions at critical moments. And, and you just can't win long-term in the league with a guy like that. Um, you know, sadly, is,
3: sadly, sadly, though, it's not even really his fault. You know, the other pieces around him have not been that great. And that's kind of been the awful Oh, thing I was the getting script. there. <laughs> oh, okay. but, well, I don't think I've one thing to say about it. The guy ain't healthy. So I I don't think he's been healthy since week one, That concussion. The guy's played like a warrior. But well, my goodness, move on. I don't care if it's Austin Davis, Johnny Manziel. I don't care if uh, Chomps – I mean Chomps. If Swagger's got to get a chance out there. You know, just put somebody at quarterback. Let's get the season over with get to the draft.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'll, I won't lament too long. It's just that it, – if it's not one thing, it's another. And it's the same thing year after year. Um, you know, general managers trying to come up with, uh, illogical reasoning about how they're handling their, their roster, bad draft picks, the, the whole skin caboodle. I mean, it, it's like a broken record every week this week, at least they get Josh or uh, Joe Hayden and to Gibson back. That should help out quite a bit. Um, it's at home. So you got that going for you. Uh, but Arizona's defense is really good and they're starting to get, uh, even a little bit better. You're not going to be able to throw the ball on Patrick Peterson and the way this team runs the ball. I have no confidence in them whatsoever. Isaac Rowell is useless at this point on the roster. Turbin's starting to carry some, steal some carries, but he's a one trick pony too. He's a power back. Um, so it, I just again I don't see us having enough, but this is the type of game that the Browns rise up on. Like I said, it's going to be their season at this point. If they lose this, then they're they're heading down the three and thirteen hole. Um, I'm going to take the Browns to get this one
3: done, 21-20. Wow, I think the Cardinals win huge. The only thing that can help us if Mother Nature uh, brings the blizzard. To the lake. I mean, so I don't think the the desert the desert birds would like that that much. But uh, you know, way you talked about that secondary. Shout out to Tyron Matthew, a guy who had a lot of off the field problems, got his shit together, um, and actually is balling out the way he was balling out at LSU. So uh, that's one thing I think about when I think about that Cardinals defense. Um, and I think about that Cardinals. You think about Carson Palmer uh, with that Cardinals offense and the story of Bruce Arians never getting a call from the Browns to even get an interview. Um, it's just so much bad juju going around this game right now. It just, it just disgusts me, everything that, you know, surrounds it. Um, but I think about that receiving core, Larry Fitzgerald, Michael Floyd, John Brown, uh, uh, I'm, I, as a partner, win huge. I'm not even giving the score. I'm just disgusted with the Browns. Thank God I got basketball
4: I can watch. The Minnesota Vikings take on the Chicago Bears. Yeah, you look at this one. Minnesota comes off a win, Chicago off a bye. Um, Chicago
1: at home, uh, I I just have a feeling that the bye week with a new coach and John Fox, after he's been able to see a sample size of his team, is able to figure a few things out and maybe put in a little bit of extra work on the Vikings in particular. Adrian Peterson hasn't been himself all year. Uh, he's now banged up as well. Last week uh, he was sick from uh, whatever he swallowed. And this week he's got a hip and uh, an ankle and it's still got that finger thing going on. So I, I just don't trust Minnesota at this point. And I think the extra week will help the Bears here Two fairly evenly matched teams. I know Minnesota's got a big advantage on defense, but
2: I think the Bears can get it done. Yeah, I, I agree with
3: you. I, I think, you know, who would you pick, the Bears or Vikings? Bears. Uh, oh, Well, One problem with the Bears, they still got Jay Cutler. So, you know... Uh, I think they're always feeling the difference. I like the Vikings. I think they're finding some things right. Uh talked about Stephon Diggs and the uh, fantasy goal. Um, they're not going to outscore anybody by 40, but I think they scored just enough, and that defense is just good enough to uh, definitely get by a bad Bears team right now.
0: The Cincinnati,
3: well, who they the Cincinnati Bengals go on into Pittsburgh
4: to take on the Steelers. This is a big
1: one for the Bengals. This is uh, you got Big Big Ben coming back this week. You know he's chopping at the bit, but the Bengals' strength defensively this year is still their secondary, and a little bit of rust and a little bit of weight on Big Ben. Uh, I think he makes a critical mistake, and Andy Dalton doesn't make the critical mistake, and I think that's
3: the difference in a very close game, and the Bengals win. I agree. I, I I think that Andy Dalton has turned that corner. We talked about that. But the other thing, coming off of that bye week, the Bengals are healthier on that defense, and they get you know back two starters. It's going to be a great game. is one of my must watch. I might be watching this one instead of watching the. I'm just joking. I'll watch the Browns. Uh, definitely, you know, going to be keeping this one on on another TV. Um, and seeing how the leaders of the AFC North fare against the foes. Uh, I think this is the one where the Bengals turn the corner in the division, and they get this one. Lights out. Bengals are on their way uh, to a nice run this year. So shout out to Houday Nation and the best team in Ohio.
4: The Tennessee Titans
3: take on the Houston Texans in the war of I kick my quarterback off my team.
1: Well, it's going to be interesting to see who the quarterback for the Tennessee Titans is this week. Uh, Mariota is going through some tests. They're still undecided whether or not he's good enough to go. Um, maybe the the cloud of Ryan Mallet lifting maybe uh, motivates these guys and and makes them come together a little bit. But it's it was awful watching what Miami did to Houston last week. They they just took them to the woodshed is uh, to a new level. Um, Brian Hoyer, we know what he is. Uh, he's a game manager, and he doesn't have a lot of weapons now with Arian Foster going out. Alfred Blue is uh, a serviceable running back, but DeAndre Hopkins is going to see double coverage now, uh, and it's going to be up to some of these other wide receivers. Tennessee is starting to come along a little bit, but again, another bad football team. Um, I'm, I'm going to say letting Mallet go was the rallying cry for Bill O'Brien and this Texas team, and they come together and they find a way to win uh, and beat Tennessee at home.
3: I completely disagree with that one um, because I think them kicking Ryan Mallet off and that whole controversy is only the tip of the spear. The real problem is on that defense. I mean, let's be honest. J.J. Watt, defense player of the year last year, that defense hasn't been to anybody. Yeah, he's been bad. Yeah, and I mean they got a healthy Clowney. I saw Clowney actually get a sack in garbage time last week. But they got that pass rush gets nope, nope. I mean they they didn't. I don't even think they even touched Mallet's jersey like flag football. So like I, it, it, that defense is bad, and that's part of the problem. You know the offense is always playing from behind. Um, and Jarvis Landry ran through those guys like he was Mega Man. I mean my goodness. So uh, yeah, I, I like the Titans here. Mettenberger actually had the offense rolling for the Titans last week. So uh, I, I like the Titans here over a Texas team. Where I think Bill O'Brien might be a better candidate to be returned to college football
4: and to continue in the NFL. The New York
3: Giants don't have all their fingers, but they got JPP. Take on the New Orleans Saints.
1: Yeah, I don't expect we'll see JPP this week. Uh, I can't imagine the shape, the football shape to play yet. But it's uh, something that. You know, Did you miss the Instagram
3: uh, videos of this guy running shuttle drills at his house?
1: Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, if he plays, either way, it's it's a, it's an uplifting thing for the Giants. It gives you a little bit of juice going into this one. Um, New Orleans isn't the same, but they've shown a little bit of sign of life. Drew Brees, especially the last couple weeks, seems to have shaken off that shoulder injury a little bit. Uh, and this is always a question of which Eli Manning shows up. Uh, Is it the good Eli Manning who's going to find Beckham and uh, Randall and the likes, or is it going to be Eli who throws a pick six and uh, it can't convert on third downs? Uh, Last week, it was the bad Eli. This week, I'm going to say it's about the same
3: Eli, and I'm going to take New Orleans to win at home. Well, one of your points is always Drew Brees is bad on the road. Um, And I think he'll struggle. That Giants' defense and special teams actually helped win that game, as you talk about the bad Eli showed up. So uh, even if the, you know, half bad Eli shows up, they still got other teams clicking right now. And I know Tom Coughlin's real fired up. And even if JPP just plays, you know, like pass rush down, which is I think what you'll see, um, because I agree, there's no way that guy's in football shape to go every down. Uh, But I think, like you said, that'll be a spark for them. And I like the Giants.
4: Well, get your Colin Kaepernick
3: voodoo dial ready because Jake's going to be sticking some pins in it because the San Francisco 49ers go in and take on the St. Louis Rams.
1: Boy, these might be the two worst quarterbacks in the league going at it. Nick Foles was, I mean, for all that they did, that the the defense and Todd Gurley did last week against the Browns, Nick Foles wasn't very good at all. Um, At home, though, this team is a little bit of a different beast. Uh, I I just think they have more weapons. Gurley kid is uh, amazing. He's going to be the real deal. Uh, And everybody runs against San Francisco. He may break the NFL record against the 49ers. I think it will be a low-scoring game, and St. Louis wins.
3: I agree. Rams run all over them. Uh, Some people were questioning Jeff Fisher's, you know, uh, intelligence, because why were they even throwing the ball last week against the Browns? So uh, I think they – uh, correct that, and I mean, if I was Jeff Fisher, I'd just come out with the wing T. Let the Forty ers know you're running it. They're so bad, they can't stop you. So, and uh, that defense was a monster last weekend. And Carpenter, you'll see that guy picking himself off the carpet there in St. Louis. And Edward Jones
1: There's one guy on that St. Louis team that they don't use enough, and that's Tavon Austin running the ball. You mentioned the wing T, kind of half kiddingly but they he's coming. More he's coming off plays.
0: The- yeah, no, they, they give him, the
3: him a lot. More. Yeah, no, they were using him a lot because they remember he helped them. Well, he didn't. They didn't win that game, but he was he was balling out against the Redskins. But he got hurt, so he was coming off an injury. Because I expected to see a lot of him against the Browns, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have worked him in because I, I think that's the one thing. Because this is what happened, and I'm not even gonna bring it up. But I think you just gotta you can't make Todd Gurley the bell cow just yet. Just you know he's going crazy, but don't don't kill the guy with this. You know because he's gonna hit that rookie wall. So, but you're right about the well, one and he's a baller.
1: What what I saw the first four games up in Buffalo with Taylor or Tyrod Taylor, um, it, it wasn't. It was just unique. It was something different, and I think that's why it worked uh, until he got hurt. Uh, it would be something unique and might work with a really good defense and might throw some teams off uh, to to go very run heavy and a
2: lot of uh, misdirection stuff. A battle in the NFC South. The Tampa
3: Bay Buccaneers go in to the Georgia Dome to take on Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta has not played its best football in the last
1: few weeks, but they're finding ways to win games. Um, Tampa Bay is a grease fire. Um, that is, I just can't see them coming back after that performance against Washington being up. I think they were up 24. Maybe it was 21, but it was in that ballpark. And then to lose that game that way, uh, I I don't see them bouncing back, especially having to go to the Georgia Dome. Dan Dan Quinn's been a huge upgrade for them at head coach, and you could tell uh, it, it shows up defensively for the Falcons.
3: Absolutely. You talked about them getting timely turnovers, the Falcons getting timely turnovers, and then they're going over against the turnover machine. I know it's his rookie year, so he's struggling with Jameis Winston. Falcons went over the Buccaneers, um, definitely went big. The New York Jets go out to the West Coast to take on the Oakland Raiders.
1: Raiders kind of surprised me last week, being able to beat San Diego in a game that San Diego really, really needed. Um but I, I still think they're a year away, and, I, and I'm just overly impressed with the Jets. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick has turned into a, a very serviceable, good quarterback that uh, if you give him weapons and you give him a running game with Chris Ivory, he could take you into the playoffs. Uh, you just keep waiting for him to make those big mistakes, a lot like maybe Andy Dalton in years past. But Fitzpatrick so far has been very good. Uh, I think this Jets defense is very real. And uh I think they've got enough to actually go cross country and beat the Oakland Raiders at home.
3: Yeah, I agree. You talk about that defense. You know, who's playing well on that defense is former Cleveland Brown Buster Screen, uh, who's helping, you know, solidify that secondary. You know, you you talk about that Raiders team. They they are making strides and definitely moving in the right direction. Sadly though, I wonder and then I was thinking about this with the uh with the St. Louis Rams, if both of those teams were to make the playoffs, can you still move those teams out of their cities? I mean, that would be, like, crazy. Um, you know, it, I, I I just like the Jets. And, you know, the one thing, you talk about Fitzpatrick, he's been putting the ball on the money. You know the real problem yeah. is Brandon Marshall's been a fucking turnover machine. The guy been <laughs> fumbling the ball just literally, I mean, you talk about it's like he's coughing it up. He's just throwing the ball up in there. We know he had that one play he was trying to do a pitch back on the third quarter, which who does that? Uh, lateral, so like you know, but uh, yes, that guy holds onto the ball. And, you know, sky's the limit for the Jets.
4: Oh, guess who's next on the chopping block?
3: The Seattle Seahawks will be bringing the Legion of Boom in and may have to get Greg Hardy fired up on the sideline again. Yeah, the Cowboys just
1: look like they're about to implode. They can't get Des Bryant and Tony Romo back quick enough. Uh, it, it just goes to show you how much a quarterback means in this league. Dallas with Tony Romo, playoff contender. Dallas without Tony Romo, whether it's to or Castle, just an absolute uh, mess. Uh, they probably are going to get Des Bryant back this week, but against the Seattle team that, uh, you know, still kind of searching offensively and even a little bit defensively at this point, uh, it seems like a good spot for them to get right. Um, I'm, I'm going to take Seattle. I just don't see Dallas being ready to win again.
4: You, you, you
3: know, I, I I agree with your pick and all that. I only got one thing to so say: get this guy very Cardi out of the league. This guy's a nut shot. I mean, what is he going to take? He's ripping the he's going to rip the head off of somebody, some assistant coach or something. That, you on know, live TV? I, I, I just don't you know like I, I'm tired well, stop of
1: stop enabling him. You know, I mean, you, no, that's you, what I'm, you, I'm you,
3: saying. Is Jerry Jones down there now? Like, just you know, get the guy out of the league, man. Like if nobody even, gives him a job, he won't have. He won't be in football.
1: Even Goodell in the in the punishment. I mean, we're talking about throwing a girl on a pile of guns, dragging her downstairs, and we're, it's a four game suspension. I mean, where's the outcry from this?
0: Yeah, no, it, I, I
3: get disgusted every time I see the guy, and that that it, it lasts, he, so he, really, I do too. Yeah, it,
0: it, yeah.
3: the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers take on the Denver Broncos
4: Sunday night football. Yeah, this is this is going to be a really interesting game. Uh, yeah,
1: Green Bay is good, but I don't think they're unbeatable good. Uh, Aaron Rodgers on the road going out, up against this Denver defense that we know firsthand is a legit defense. Uh, if they can get some pressure on Aaron Rodgers, I, I think Denver – could get into a low-scoring game with this team and find a way to win at the Mile High Stadium. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and call for the upset. I'm going to take the Broncos at home to stay undefeated.
3: Well, this is going to be literally whether the torch has been passed or this guy Peyton Manning still got the magic left. Uh, The best thing is he's got one of the best defenses in the league, uh, and that's what I think will be the difference in this one. And with them coming off of that bye week, I believe they get back – not Von Miller. They get back to Marcus Ware, so that defense is going to be at full strength. I like the Broncos as well to get the upset. And this is definitely a must-watch game for uh, Sunday Night Football. So that's a good one. The primetime games actually are very good this week. Well, those two are because we, the go to Monday, we to <laughs> and you've got the Monday got Football, and you got the Indianapolis jokes. I mean, the Indianapolis Colts versus Carolina <laughs>
1: Panthers. All right, I'm glad you're going to let me go first. Um, obviously, Andrew Luck is not himself this year. Uh, there's lots of reasons, and part part of it's his own fault. Uh, but you're talking about a guy who doesn't practice during the week right now. is completely banged up. Of course, he's going to be off. He's got an offensive line that gives him zero time. He's running for his life. The defense is terrible. And now he's got to go face Cam Newton and Carolina, one of the highest teams in the league. I don't see this being close at all. It's it, it, it's amazing. It feels like such a lost season for Indianapolis, but they're the first place Indianapolis Colts in the South South Division. So it really is a big game. But name, think, name the
3: teams in that division again, please. Uh,
1: in the South, yeah, uh, the Texans, the Jaguars, the Colts. Um, who am I missing? Tennessee. Titans, right?
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Tennessee. And you don't
3: got a win a record? No. Okay. Well neither do the Colts. <laughs> they're still in
1: first place. It's it, it last year's uh it's last year's NFC South. Uh I I just don't see a way right now Indianapolis gets this win. Uh they're the they're they're a Browns mess, just they're just like the Browns from the top to the bottom, uh it, it seems like right now. Um yeah, I feel we talk bad
3: for owner,
2: Chuck Pagano. Yeah, our
3: owner takes rebates instead of pills. That's the only saving grace. Right? <laughs> right. Here, here, but uh, yeah, thing. Caroline. I, I've been yeah, I've been I've been, you know, banging this drum. Andrew Luck sucks for a while now. So let's 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 really break it down. You talked about him not getting any time with the line. Even when he does get time now though, the like bad habits and like him forcing plays, for like forcing trying to forcing the ball, trying to make a play, has gotten bad. So his decision making is off. Like is Everything's oh, off I agree. with agree. Right Everything's off. But I think he's a lot going of that are practicing. Throwing over the middle, leg. he's making like rookie mistakes. It's like yeah. you know, and it, it's not about yeah. your shoulder being hurt or not. You know, like he's missing guys that are wide open, making the wrong reads. Like, and that's why, it's, like, is it's disgusting to watch. You know, so you know, but I will say some of that does go to coaching. Some of that goes to the front office because you think about, you know, you thought this was going to be a great season with that offense with the, you know, the addition of Frank Gore and Andre Johnson. Well, that's just been an epic fail. I mean, let's just be honest. Like, adding those two guys besides, down Drake Johnson, get back at his former team against the Texans, and some success here, uh, I mean, some catches here over the last couple weeks has been a failed experiment. You know? So, and then Frank Gore has actually been but that line can't block. So, you, it's yeah. like you got Frank Gore fighting the same way he was out there fighting, like, you know, for the San Francisco 49ers. So, um, Without that, Andrew Luck just looks like a you know an average NFL quarterback. And I mean, I'll tell you this right now: you put his numbers up next to Josh McCown. Josh McCown's better this year.
1: Oh, sure he has been. I'm not denying that at all. I I just think uh, that all those bad decisions, and and even when he has time, I I just think that a lot of it is due to having no reps during this season. Basically, during the week, he's got no time with his receivers. Um, He's it's just he's a shell of what he's been to start the start his career, um, but I, I'm not selling on uh, on Andrew Luck yet. Uh, but I'm not
3: saying thank Maybe, you guys, that maybe for this is year. You know what I'm but here's the <laughs> thing, um, you wonder, they want to make a coaching change and everything else, do you wonder what that team can be? I would actually shut him down right now until he gets 100% healthy if he's not healthy. Because there's no what's, need to run him out there behind that bad line. And, you know, you're putting him in a bad position. I mean, the guy knows how to play the position. You know, so what? What else is he getting right now? But developing more bad habits.
1: What's it's his situation?
3: He got that max last year. Remember, they maxed. Did he max. get a max last year?
0: Huh? Yeah, he got a max. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was yeah. a free after next year. I think he's, like the,
3: I think he's like the second highest paid quarterback in the league, just off the top of my head. But um, okay. And uh, Boy, I think he's, he's right underneath Cam Newton, actually. That's funny, they're in his matchup. So, they're either, he's either ahead of Cam Newton or behind Cam Newton. So, they're, like, real close to each other. Uh, and you talk about a guy who kind of looked like Andrew Luck last year because his line was, you know, depleted and whatnot. And all Cam Newton does is find a way to win this year. So, you know, you can see a guy bounce back. Cam Newton had a real bad year last year. We all know that. But they got that offense doing just enough with the loss of Kelvin Benjamin. <laughs> so, he's also lost one of his offensive weapons. Panthers stay undefeated. And, I mean, they're one of the surprise stories of the NFL, but not surprise to anybody that, you know, has believed in Cam Newton since day one, like me.
0: I'll
3: tell you what, I was a, a big doubter
1: of Cam Newton and whether he had the makeup to be a, a, a Hall of
3: Fame-type quarterback. Right now, he, he's my MVP candidate for this season. Well, you know the thing I think was been the biggest thing for him? He had the belief in himself, so confidence was never a problem. Uh, and he's one of the toughest guys out there, kind of like a Big Ben. But he had to develop the mental toughness, and I think that's what you're seeing being the difference this year, you know, not making those mistakes that he was making before, trusting in his teammates, you know, and they do a good job now of not running him so much. He still runs the ball. Uh, They actually did a single back run, quarterback run, when you knew it was a design run, tight package, I mean, heavy package, you know, jumbo package where he just runs the ball straight up the middle and got a first down. I mean, they, they do so much stuff down there in Carolina to, you know, uh, just magnify his talents. And it, it's, it's the Carolina Panthers is one of the best teams in the yeah, they got a great defense, Lou Peekley, and probably one of the best corners in the business this year. So, they're, they're, Kansas are rolling. And you got Riverboat Ron down there. You know, it's one of the great stories from the old 85 Bears. That guy's actually doing a good job down there. So, shout-out to the Panthers.
4: That's the NFL show for this week. Um,
3: you know, I, sorry to be so bullish on the Browns. Uh, just it some some weeks it wears down and you. They win, they'll get me back and whatnot. But uh, I'm enjoying the Cavs right now. And enjoy your Thursday, Sunday morning early London football, Sunday afternoon, and Sunday night Monday night of football.
2: or sure. I ain't got nothing from him, so we can just do a regular one. If we can get him
3: back, even if it's tomorrow, we can still do one for Saturday and then book or something uh, real quick. that, okay. so we hear from this guy. This is With an Ohio Bias, a podcast for real fans with D and Jake. College football, week eight, D, Cleveland born and raised, Buckeye born and bred. And
4: I'm Jake
3: from the Yo to see us. We're talking college football. All right, ladies and gentlemen, in this one, we will talk about some of the takeaways that have happened over the last couple of weeks. You know which one we're going to start with, but you probably know that. Uh, shout out to Sparty. But we'll also talk about some of our favorite Heisman hopefuls. Then we'll talk about the coaching carousel, some big news from the Big Ten all the way around college football. Uh, and we'll talk about some of the best hits from some of those program vacancies. Then, of course, we'll get into the prediction game and give you what is a pretty slow week in college football because the Buckeyes are on a bye, but we will get into some of the other games and give you what we think, Who and we will give you who we think will win.
0: Ugh,
3: I can say that. Jake, let's get into it. I mean, first, let's start with it. You got two miracle plays on special teams, almost like the, you know, uh, pick, uh, the kick six from Auburn. We see special teams bite two teams in a butt, the one up north the Khakis, and then, of course, the Ramblin' Wreck get a win over Florida State. Um, where do you rank those two, which is one higher or the other uh, for you? Oh, yeah. For
1: me, the, the Michigan State one was because that game was over. Uh, the the Florida State one, I mean, it was a 56-yard field goal, uh, so it, it could have went to overtime. There was all sorts of opportunities for other things to happen. And then that Michigan State-Michigan game, uh, Michigan had that game won, and so many things had to go Sparty's way for it to even finish with the touchdown from the block kick to the kicker picking it up and lateraling it to that guy being there to the guy getting all the way down the sideline and making the guy miss. It, it was just incredible. And it, it, the other part of it was that you, you weren't expecting anything. You were you're sitting there watching the end of the Florida State. Georgia Tech game because it was a tie game and it was the it, it was the game. Here comes the field goal to win the game. In that Michigan State game, I was you know I was I had it on and I was looking down at my phone and didn't really pick it up until the play-by-play guy goes, "Oh, it's blocked." And, and then you look up and and to be able to have actually witnessed it and seen it in real time was pretty special and pretty cool and made me smile and and uh, definitely made my day.
3: Uh, there's no doubt about it. I walked out of the room because I was so angry that you know, <laughs> Michigan State was losing, and I was pissed because I knew these and Blue fans will be, you know, all over Internet everywhere pumping their chests screaming about khakis. Oh, but how the come up it comes. And Here's the thing. You know, these guys got to find a way to be happy. This program has exceeded expectations already. So just be happy with that. But like I said, you, until you knock off one of the big boys in the Big Ten, shut your mouth. So we get that part. Uh the Ramblin' Rack one is just amazing. And I think it's a great just a great win for that program who actually drilled down this year with Paul Johnson and those kids. But you know, I mean Georgia Tech was one of my favorite teams coming out to the start and uh I, I figured somebody would get stung by the Yellow Jackets. Just didn't think it was gonna be Ford State yet. You look at some of the other ones, U S C bouncing back and they took took Utah apart. Oof. And uh, they got a big game coming up this week, but uh, they take down Utah and take them out of the national championship picture. And then now you look at Baylor with the loss of Seth Russell, at quarterback due to a neck injury, which I actually talked about, you know, on our preview show, our big NCAA preview show we do. You know, I just talked about that system they run down there, and then them leaving those quarterbacks in too long. Every year somebody ends up getting hit because they won such a spread offense that somebody always gets a cheap shot on that quarterback down there in uh, Waco. So uh, you wonder what Baylor's backup is and what that situation is going to bring. Another problem with Baylor and a lot of those teams in the Big 12, their defenses have looked off. Um, and you think about the Big 12, one other thing, Oklahoma State has played, unbelievable. But shout out to all the folks with that tragedy at homecoming. That's one of the awful things I've seen. I really didn't even – it took time to kind of process it, you know, that somebody actually drove into a homecoming parade. Uh, and so all the folks in Stillwater, you know, thoughts some prayers you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean,
1: you, we can all relate. We've all been down on campus and for the pre games and everything that goes on. And, and it was almost eerie hearing the reports uh, calling them OSU um, made you, you know, just do a double take for a half second. Um, it definitely thought some prayers out to the people of Stillwater. That's a horrific accident that could have happened at any one of these universities. Um, and uh, it's just a shame that it does. Um, As far as Baylor goes and their quarterback situation, yeah, I mean, it's a concern as far as all all the continuity that you've built up, uh, the reps that have gone into Seth Russell being where he's at right now. But I really feel like Baylor, and we've seen it proven with the track record, it it, kind of is next guy up for them. It's a plug-and-play system for the quarterbacks. And if they've got a guy with any sort of talent – and, I, and I, I can't remember the guy's name right now, but I know he's also a, a very competent uh, athlete. So he also will bring a, a, a little bit of possibly running the ball uh, in the Baylor system, which could be scary, too. We saw what happened last year with the Buckeyes losing two quarterbacks and getting to Cardell Jones. It could be done. They've got a lot of talent around him. It, it, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is at the Baylor. they still got to play defense, is my feeling on them. Um, and USC and Utah, uh, you just felt like the clock was going to strike midnight at some point on Utah. Uh, they were a nice story, but if they don't play from ahead, they're in big trouble. Um, they don't have the offense to to bring to put a lot of points on the board in a hurry. And I think we saw some of that with USC. Uh, they just had USC had better athletes. You, you could see it all on all levels of the field.
3: Well, one other thing I think about is I think about you talk about the Pac 12. Um, they've got to have the best quarterbacks in the country out there in the Pac 12. And I don't, Buckeye fans don't get upset. Yes, I love JT Barrett and Cardell, but you look at what Falk is doing at Washington State, down there's Ben, uh, ben Hogan. You look at Kevin Hogan at Stanford. Uh, you got Jared Goff at Cal, Jacob Rosen at UCLA, Cody Tesler at USC, uh, you know, the Mike Bercovici. <laughs> And beating hour. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, they, they just got some real great quarterback play happening in that league, and that's something yeah. that stands out to me when I think about uh, something else to take away. The kid Kenner- at One World's other thing. Is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, like I said, Falk yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. – yeah. That's what I live with, yeah. Um, you think about this now, though, when we look at college football, and uh, I, I think about the bottom of the AP, top 25, and you see some teams moving up out of the top 25. We got a big game matchup for Temple this week. Um, we know the Toledo Rockets are balling, so shout out to them on that comeback they had, 21 down. Uh, I I was so happy because I didn't want them to lose just that way To UMass, of all people, good Lord. Um, but you also think about Memphis, who goes in and gets a huge win at Ole Miss and – I'll be surprised if Josh Fuentes isn't on the next thing smoking out of that to take one of these other college jobs. You look at the coaching carousel, um, and, you know, I, I, I joked about this a little while. I saw this coming a long way, and I'm glad he finally made this decision. Jerry Kill steps down at the University of Minnesota with the Golden Gophers. This guy, just too many seizures. His health just can't take the stress of coaching in. So he's made the right decision. It was a very heartfelt press conference. I know it's killing him. But, man, you got to do – if you want to stay alive, you can coach and die, or you can live and, you know, not coach. So I didn't understand why it took this long, um, and that program's in kind of a position. But I actually – got a bold prediction for that one coming up later. Um, You look at Miami taking that deep down to Clemson, um, and a lot's been said about the Miami. I just think it was a bad fit with Al Golden uh, and uh, Clemson. (laughs) Clemson didn't let up. Dabo Sweeney and them were ready to whip a nay-nay all the way through the fourth quarter. Uh, you you, you think about that, you think about USC, is there anybody out there? I mean, they've mentioned Butch Davis from Miami. I think that's a bad fit as well, even though he did coach, but the guy's been out of coaching for 15 years. And the last time he coached the program, uh, there was a lot of sanction issues, so I don't know why we're going to stick our hands back in the mud with Butch Davis. Um, You think about the opening at South Carolina, we know our, our favorite, Tom Herman, what he's doing down there with the Houston Cougars. Uh, you just think these guys got to be moving to musical chairs somewhere. And now Minnesota, that job opening, uh, people are possibly looking at raiding the Buckeye staff. I read an article today. So you, you, any good fits out there, you think, in college football with some of those openings? Well, yeah, first off, just hats off
1: to Jerry Kiln. Uh, my Minnesota as a football program in the big 10 has been such an also ran after for so many years and he was able to come up there and give them an identity, uh, give them a toughness and, uh, it left them in a better place. So hats off to him. I think it does make sense to raid, uh, the big 10 coaching staffs. Uh, if you're Minnesota, uh, maybe they take a look at Luke fickle, uh, would be a possibility. I would drive him to Minneapolis uh but there there's i don't think there' a program that can go out and get someone, and i don't think Miami is anymore either uh it, until they upgrade facilities until they give a better fan experience i mean you got a stadium that's forty five minutes to an hour away from campus uh the The facilities are bad there's just no good reason to go to Miami right now other than to go to Miami for the city. And you can do that in so many different places. Miami used to be a big bad boy because they were on TV all the time. Well, now everybody is. And there's a lot of schools in Florida. And you can get exposure on ESPNU and ESPN2 and wherever, and you don't have to go to Miami. And it's just a a bad situation there. I don't know where they go and how they're going to entice them. Because the other problem with them, too, is they don't spend money on coaching. Uh, They're notoriously underpay their assistants. The one guy that I do think I have pay is for this uh, the SoCal job for the USC job, and that's if, of course, it doesn't work
4: out with uh, what's the guy who's there right now? you Know his name? D. Yes. Say that again.
3: Do
4: you know the the USC's head coach right now?
3: I didn't know he's a tight end coach that took over. He took over before something like Kevin something. I don't know. He's not a name that I know off the top of my head. Uh, All right.
1: Well, the I, one I, guy I, that I do think would be a great fit for USC would be Jeff Fisher. Um, I, I think he brings some energy. Uh, it's worked before with USC going to the NFL route. He has ties to USC. Um, I, I, I think Jeff Fisher would be a slam dunk hire. And don't. Count out old Pete Carroll. Uh, if if Seattle and him and everything works out uh, in a perfect world, I could see him going back to USC and, uh, and reinvigorating that program.
3: Clay Hilton is the layoff one, Clay Helton is the current kind of coach, that... yeah.
4: Right. So I mean, if Clay if Clay Helton doesn't work
1: out, and he's done a great job so far, I mean, obviously just knocked out a top five team. And still has the possibility to win the pick, uh, the Pac-12 with uh, a little help from Utah. Uh, if they don't stay with him, then I think Jeff Fisher is, is,
4: would be a great fit uh, for USC. Yeah,
3: that's a that's a good one. I I think you got to look at a couple guys, maybe an NFL guy, maybe a Josh McDaniel, um, You know, maybe Bill O'Brien, somebody coming out of that. Matt, Mike McCoy might need a job here shortly. <laughs> Uh, but, no, seriously, uh, I think you're going to see some musical chairs in this coaching carousel. Uh, you're you're the, the Minnesota job is just a, a little bit, it seems like it could be a really easy fit. I think they need to look at Kyle Rule, possibly the Temple coach, um, you know, moving somebody up from a level like that, uh, and maybe even Narduzzi. He's only been at Pittsburgh one year, but that might be a good look. I actually think USC should go after uh, Josh, Josh Fuentes. Uh, down there at Memphis, and you know Miami. I, I you're gonna think I'm crazy for this one. As long as he doesn't give knives to kids, I think Ray Lewis actually is a good hire for Miami. I think that, I, I know. I know it didn't work out with Singletary, but you
1: know. and then Ed
3: Reed is the defensive coordinator. Why not, man? Those guys try to get somebody out that cares down there more enough, and that can keep the guys in Miami. So is Luther cool. Campbell going to be the quarterback coach? Luther Campbell will be the man director. Okay. <laughs> nice. What do you
1: think um, about Wayne? Uh, uh, for either uh, USC, uh, I mean, South Carolina or Miami, you think Wayne
3: Giffen has a shot? I, I know there's a lot of people in Tuscaloosa that would drive him to wherever he needs to go. <laughs> you know I mean? Like I would drive sickle to Minneapolis. Exactly. <laughs> um you, you look at you, you look at the uh, has anything changed for you in your top four? You know, to me, my top four is still the same. Just with Utah out of it now, I've got Ohio State, uh, and I still got Michigan State up there. I know a lot of people don't like the way Spartans winning, but they're winning games. And I think once they have a month to prepare for somebody, they'll, they will tear somebody apart. I like you know, uh, really still like Clemson and LSU right now, uh, who's the cream of the crop in the SEC. Yeah, right now I've got
1: Ohio State at the top. Uh, I actually bumped Clemson up. I've got them number two now. I've watched them back-to-back weeks against some pretty good competition. Miami's not a terrible team, uh, and they just destroyed them and took out Kaya early. So i got Clemson two. Uh, I, I got I actually got LSU three, and it, there's, they're going to be there until they lose to Alabama um, or win against Alabama. I'm not going to predict that yet, but – um, they're my number three team, and then I've got Baylor hanging in there at number four with Michigan State uh, just outside.
3: And I've got the two SEC – I mean the two SEC. I've got the two Big 12 teams sitting on the outside looking in right now uh, because Baylor and TCU pretty much is going to take care of itself with that matchup at the end of the year. But Baylor's got a tough stretch, uh, Kansas State, then Oklahoma State, uh, the game with TCU, and even Texas, you never know what team's going to come out. It's just ask Oklahoma, you know, and play. Right. So uh, Baylor's going to prove themselves worthy of getting in the spot or, you know, play themselves right out. You know, the one team I think that yeah, – there's two teams I think that can sneak back into this thing, um, and I, re- I really think it's Stanford and Notre Dame. Um, Notre Dame's got enough statement games and they got the game with Stanford at the end of the year. So uh, we've been pointing to that one for a while, but definitely like that.
4: All right, let's get into it. sorry.
3: (laughs) Let's get into the predictions. Big game, two big matchups Thursday night. North Carolina, Tar Heels go into the Z to take on the Pittsburgh Panthers. I've
1: actually watched a lot of Pittsburgh the last couple weeks, and I I, I always watch a little bit of UNC. They entertain me uh, for no other reason than their coaching decisions. Uh UNC has much better speed and talent. Um, I don't think a home field advantage on a Thursday night's that big of a deal when it's not on campus. Uh, and I think Marcus Williams is playing at a very high level right now. I'm going to take the Tar Heels in this one.
4: Oh. Wow.
3: That I mean, shocked me there. Well, I'll tell you this right now. Jim Chaney has it.
4: Jim Cheney has that
3: Pittsburgh offense moving. As much been made about Pat Narduzzi, the godfather of all defense, but uh, that offense is really getting it done. Tyler Boyd, they got another big-time receiver there with the Panthers. And then, you know, they lost James Conner, of course, but this guy actually won me some money in DraftKings, so I'm a huge fan. Um, What the fuck is
4: his name? It starts with a – oh, I can't. I can't think of what the fuck this guy's
3: name. Nevertheless, i like the Panthers to win this game. I don't trust Marquise Williams with the Carolina Tar Heels, and like you always said, uh, Fedora with the coaching decisions. I'll go with the Panthers.
1: I'll probably pay for that one, as I always do when I pit take UNC.
3: Do the West Virginia Mountaineers have enough to outlast the TCU? Purple Horn Frogs and Fort Worth.
1: No, they're, uh, they're basically UNC's big brother. They, they do things that cost themselves games as well, whether it's penalties or turnovers or stupid clock management. West Virginia finds a way to lose points on the field. TCU does not lose points on the field. And this defense, as bad as it's been, uh, I, I still trust Gary Patterson to, to get guys in position to make plays, and I don't trust West Virginia.
3: It, it's real simple. Do uh, TCU still have Trayvon Boykin and Josh Dodson? Yes, I believe a so. Yep, <laughs> I'm yep. taking
0: TCU. Yep, <laughs> yeah, I mean,
3: like, yeah. You talk about Dana Hogerson finds a way to Dana Hogerson the Mountaineers out of a game each week, and it's just <laughs> so sad because those kids play hard and they play tough. Yeah, then something happens, and then they end up, and then they end up giving up touchdowns like you're going out of style. And so the score doesn't reflect how hard you can play week in and week out. So you like the program, yeah. but, you know. That's why I said they're big,
4: the big brother of UNC. Exactly.
3: Exactly. All right, let's get to Saturday. The SEC game, that would have been something if you believed the rankings uh, preseason. Oh, miss. First, the all burn
1: uh, Auburn is just absolutely terrible I, and after having to lose to Arkansas in that way four overtimes uh I I just don't see any way I think Ole Miss uh went and had a pretty impressive game against Texas A&M um and I can I expect them with more talent and uh still something to play for to show up and beat Auburn
3: yeah, I think this is one of those when Ole Miss beats Auburn down, gets some of those Cam Newton blowouts, and uh, some of those ones they took from years past. They get it all out in this one. But, uh, so this is a bad one for the Auburn, for the Auburn Tigers and Auburn fans because, I mean, Ole Miss ain't going to let up on this one. The Rebels roll. Uh, once again, shout-out to the people of Stillwater. The Oklahoma State Cowboys, the pokes go in to take on the Texas Tech Red Raiders.
4: Well, the one
1: thing we know about Cliff Kingsbury is he's able, especially at home, to be able to game plan and keep his team in it. And that's always going to be the case when you have that kind of offense. Oklahoma State is – I don't know what they are yet. Uh, They really haven't been tested too much. They showed up against West Virginia and played a good game. Uh, I I think Texas Tech keeps it close, but I think Oklahoma State still has enough, and they've got a little bit of a rallying cause as well to – to get them motivated, keep people motivated for this season. Uh i still don't know if we're gonna find out though what Oklahoma State is even in this one.
3: Yeah, that's a good question. Patrick Mahomes is down there, they're gonna be throwing an ass been running the ball a lot test too. I think it's I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be one of these things that Oklahoma State, no matter what happens, they find a way to win and they'll definitely find a way to win in this one. Uh I think they have no problems in love getting past the Raiders. Oh, that team up north in the Cacchies go in to play in the open air in Minnesota uh, and take on the Golden Gophers.
1: Well, you wonder now with uh, the resignation of Jerry Killen if this is a rallying game for Minnesota. Uh, Michigan coming off a bye week, though, and being extra salty uh, is probably not a good recipe for what the actual talent on the field is for Minnesota. Uh you can say what you want about Brady Hope, but he didn't leave the the cupboards bare, uh, like a lot of coaches do on their way out way out of town. So, um I, I still think Michigan coming off that big loss against Michigan State, uh, they're gonna be too angry for Minnesota no matter how much they want to rally.
3: Yeah, I meant to say this and when I was talking about the coaching carousel up there, the first problem with Minnesota hiring a coach, that A D up there uh, A.D. scandal up there with the A.D. sexual harassment. Female reporters and staff, you know, uh, took a little cramp on them finding the coach real bit, which might not be a bad job if Jerry Till's health situation improves for Jerry Till to take over the A.D. job. Um, you look at this game, I think we get one last throw for Till. I think the Golden Gophers come out with their hair on fire. And if you get that team up north down early, they will not be able to come back with Rudolph as bad as he is. And they will they will beat they will beat them in their own house just because it, it's one of these things. I think they're still emotionally spent from the Michigan State miracle, um, and I think they'll be fine to start the game, but play forty eight minutes, I don't see it happening. The SEC
4: game of the week: the Georgia Bulldogs go in to take on the Florida Gators. World's largest cocktail
1: party. Um, Georgia, you know they had come off the. I think they come off a bye last week. If they didn't, then they played Little Sisters of the Poor. Uh, either way, I I just don't see this being the season. And I think Florida has found something under Mackeway and is going in the right direction. I just it's two teams going opposite opposite ways right now, and uh, I I think at the end of this year you may see a change. In Georgia and Mark Rick might be out the door.
3: That ain't going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I, as much as I've been calling for it, it's just not – nobody has any common sense down there that's a Bulldog fan. Um, and they're going to get their come comeuppance, or they're going to catch another beatdown this week because the Gators are mad the way they lost that game at LSU. So they're going to be coming to blood. They're going to be thinking about Georgia running the score up on them. So, you know, that's the one thing about these SEC teams. They do not forget, you know, when somebody ran the score. So Florida actually has the better team this year, and they're going to – it's going to show come back. Let's go West Coast in. USC, Clay, Clay Helton takes those guys into Cal to take on the Bears.
1: Cal has come back down to earth recently. Um, I, I watched their last game, and Jared Goff, just he wasn't as good as advertised, I guess. Um, the defense, which played great early in the season, Wasn't as fast, just it wasn't the same team. Um, USC seems to have found something. They have the more talent, they probably have the better quarterback, and uh, they're playing free and easy right now. And they still have a chance to win the Pac 12. So uh, I'm taking the Trojans in this one.
3: I definitely agree with you. USC just they're playing so good on both sides of the ball right now, which they had been able to get. Those things rolling before, but uh, Juju Smith, Cody Kessler, forget about it. Stanford, the Cardinal, goes against the Pirate. Mike Leach's Wazoo Cougars,
1: and the Coug is grooving right now. Um, Mike Leach didn't take him too long to get him going. Uh, they spread it out. They score a lot of points. They don't play much defense. Uh, it's almost like the complete opposite of Stanford. Uh, Stanford wants to play you in a nice tight area and just punch you in the mouth all day. Uh, This is going to be an interesting one to watch. Uh, I think that Stanford is the better team and they're still going in a good direction and they win this game. But I think this could be a really interesting, fun watch.
3: Oh, it's definitely going to be a fun watch because, the Stanford Cardinals, one of the most physical teams in the country, and why the Washington State, you know, they're the most finesse team in the country. So when you get those style mixes, you know, like they say in the old boxing world, style makes fights. So this is going to definitely mix up for a good one. I just like Stanford, though. The McCaffrey kid, um, and it's Ed McCaffrey's kid, which I did not know that, the former receiver. Uh, this guy is just unbelievable. They get the ball to him. Sanders, love. I mean, Hogan's throwing the ball around. So it's It's that matchup. The Wazoo defense can't keep up with the Stanford, you know, offensive attack, and that's going to be the difference. And uh, we got not that many good games this week, so we're putting them all on that we need to talk about. Can the Longhorns get it done against the Cyclones? Texas versus Iowa State.
4: Uh, Two pretty
1: similar teams, uh, actually. I, I think Texas actually will have the advantage of quarterback for once in their life. Uh, in recent times, uh, but um, Iowa State's got a really good freshman running back named Warren, and uh, he's been laying the world on fire. I think this could be an up-and-down game, a high-scoring affair, and
3: I think Texas will be able to, to pull the win out. Iowa State played TCU very tough. They always do, but for some reason, they never played the Longhorns well. It's a, it's one of the weirdest things. So one team in Texas, they give them hell. The other one, they let roll over them like a doormat. Charlie Strong gets another W. But probably doesn't get uh, you know lifted up in the air in the gold, to gold cowboy hat. Well, things looking bad for Rich Fry. The Arizona Wildcats going to Seattle to take on the Washington Huskies.
1: Yeah, I mean this is turning into a theme of two teams going the opposite directions. Uh, a new Solomon came back and was not very effective, and uh, you, you look on the other side of the ball and. Washington and uh, is, is starting to figure it out. I'm gonna, I think it's the third year for Peterson there, maybe the second or third year. Uh, but he, he's a proven coach, and they've got a good quarterback in play as a young redshirt freshman. So uh, I think Washington's the team going in the right
3: direction, and they get the win. Totally agree. The Huskies are rolling. Um, great great defensive backs up there, and I think that's going to be a good win. Arizona, I mean – they had just put up 60 points on somebody uh, two weeks ago, so I don't know what's going on down there. I think Rich Rod might have one foot out the door. You might see him take one of these coaching vacancies.
4: All right, the game of the week, Saturday
3: night. The Notre Dame fighting Irish. Go on up Philadelphia to take on the Temple. Owls. this is the game of the week.
0: <laughs> well, uh, you have
3: an undefeated team, and, it, and it's not Notre Dame. It's the
1: Temple Owls. Uh, I watched the game against ECU, and they pulled victory out of the jaws of defeat. Uh, ECU should have beat them then, and Notre Dame is going to take no mercy on them this week. Uh, the, the Fighting Irish uh, pretty much uh, handled a, a USC team that we see now as a pretty darn good team. And uh, Temple is nowhere near the talent level of USC uh, Notre Dame is a good football team, and I think they're going to end up just uh, destroying Temple in this one. Temple doesn't have the offense to hang with them.
3: Yeah, this is a – I mean, they got up for a game earlier this year against their state rival, but this is big boy football. And Temple allows you know, as much as I love Walker um, in, that, in that quarterback position for them, they look, you know, like they were – if they were looking ahead, maybe that was a problem against ECU, which I don't know how they do that. Um, it, it it's a, it was just a real head scratcher what Matt Rule's team came out and played like so they're gonna have uh, the whole world on them and I will tell you this the problem is that Notre Dame team is more physical and they're just bigger faster stronger now it's like it's like Rudy's playing for Temple on the other side of the field so uh, good luck to Notre good luck to the Temple Owls but this is where it ends ladies and gentlemen for that program. <laughs> And I think Matt Rule I think you'll have a foot I think Rule will have a foot out the door as well. Temple's just not tall enough, you're not fast enough. <laughs>
1: it's like a team of rooties. <laughs>
3: yeah. All right. We got to end the book picks on this week, so Jake, we know it's a light week, but give us what we can play and make some money. Uh
1: well, I'm taking Notre Dame, uh and I'm laying ten and a half points. Even in uh, in Philadelphia, you know, it's at Lincoln Financial. There will be more Notre Dame fans
3: there than Temple fans. Uh,
1: So I'm going to take Notre Dame uh, over Temple and lay the 10.5. I'm also laying on Thursday night. I I just think UNC has much more talent right now than Pittsburgh does. They're faster. They're more athletic. If they can avoid some mistakes, I don't feel bad about laying 2.5 points. Uh, I don't think I'll lay three points, which seems like the way it's going right now. Uh, but if you can get uh, UNC minus two and a half, that's where I'm going this week with my two plays.
3: All right, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy your Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday of college football. Um, you know, it, here's the thing. You think about the Michigan State Miracle and the Ramblin' wreck taking out the Seminoles. Anything can happen in college football, so maybe the Temple Owls. Check out the Fighting Irish. We will see you next time here on West. We'll we'll talk at you next time here on an Ohio.
2: Bus. all right, man. I don't know. I'm to pick something to wrap it up. It's an awful.
3: It's just an awful weekend of college football. <laughs> I might I might go sit here to catch Trump speak on Saturday at twelve o'clock. Yeah, that's right. Where's he at? <laughs> He's speaking. UBA. He's having a, he had, he having a rally. Where is it? It's somewhere in Norfolk. It's not. It's not at oh, a okay. school or anything. It's like at like some like theater or something. I, don't know. I gotcha. Venetian, I think maybe.
1: I, I recorded the debate. I'm interested to see what
3: happened. Yeah, I did too. I was watching his basketball. So, I I, I I flipped I, over yeah, a little. little John, okay <laughs> now. I sit this like I would sit this guy at LeBron James. I let him play this opening stretch the next road trip. I would sit. him.
4: Dude, wait get and
3: we Gr- get Irving and. That's what I, but that's what I'm saying. Let him get his back all the way back. You know, I'm tired of this Larry Bird comparison, man. You know, I I'm, a, I'm a, and this is going like it's going to come off bad, but I love Larry Bird. But Larry Bird is not LeBron James, okay? So like, let Larry Bird was a flying through the air with ease, you know, like knocking people's basketballs off the rim. You know what I mean, like. So it's two different. things. Like, it's to me, like you, you, you know, I, everybody's always a picture of him laying down on the thing. You see a lot of guys lay down on their backs. I mean, let's be honest.
0: Exactly. You know, big man
3: have to do this for years. So
0: if he just backs
3: okay, if he's playing, dunking the basketball, this time, He actually is playing with more explosion than he had starting last year. Remember last year, everybody thought something was wrong with him.
1: Yeah, LeBron takes care of his body in a way different way than Larry Bird took care of
3: his body. That's a point. I was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's not <laughs> drinking, and smoking, and womanizing like Larry right. was. <laughs> but, but, but you really want to get to it, you understand? And the other
1: problem is Larry Bird's problem before the back were his knees, so he had a whole <laughs> shitload of issues going on. LeBron's just got a lot of miles on his legs right now for uh, playing all those playoff games and USA basketball and the like. He's just managing his body. That's all it is. He's found a comfortable position where he doesn't get tight, and he he puts a towel under his back, and he lays there so that he's ready to go. It's a lot more science with him. With Larry
3: Bird, it was just a broken-down old man. Well, that's the thing that kills me. And people forget, you know, like, Larry Bird, he had a standstill jumper. Like, this guy didn't even jump on his jump shot. Like, so the back thing, he was just done. Like, it was open. That's like, what I like, mean. Yeah, he was, he was a broke-down old Bart man. explosion, too. He was done. Like, they were joking right. about it the other night about him doing the shot fakes. Remember, he used to do, the like, 13 shot fakes to shoot. Right. Like,
0: sometimes <laughs> you're just done,
3: it's over.
4: Yeah.
3: And then <laughs> you know? flop. Right, and then flop. <laughs> <laughs>
4: 13
0: shot fakes, then flop.
3: <laughs> so, I don't know. It was just pissing me off. Like it, it, It's just a hot take that everybody wants to run with. Oh, hey, let's right. do just I just heard it to ad nauseum disgusting. Man, these guys though. Like the thing is, I I mean, you know me, man. I love I love good basketball. These guys are passing the ball, moving the ball. And this guy Kevin Love is playing with some bad God he's bad on defense though. Jesus Christ. Um this black guy's got to fix this rotation I'm gonna tell you that right now. I've seen too much oh. of eighty two mil already. Too much. Too <laughs> much of eighty two mil. he's so out
1: of shape and running around clueless right now. Uh, it's yeah, a good uh, thing that he—it's a good thing that he knows how to position his body to rebound. Because other than that, he would be useless. He just gets in the way in the half-court offense.
3: No, that's the whole thing. And so that's what—it's very frustrating because that's why we lost that bull game. Those last positions. You know? Yeah. know, like, Kevin Love hadn't got hot. This guy was lost out there. Oh, we should have lost that game by eight to ten. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but that second, like, Delhi came in with that second unit, man. I'll tell you this: I would. This is why I really—that's what I'm saying. I know they would, They had a Cunningham kid starting, so that would be a big drop-off on the second unit, but I would love to see Delly and Mo Williams in the backcourt right now. Yeah, I mean, like just the ball's moving. I think they you know, were at a time. I, yeah, I no, they that's were. I mean, they were playing, that's what brought yeah. them back against the Bulls.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, that's, I think that's the great thing about their roster right now is it's so versatile. You know, you could play wow. big and small in so many different ways and have the ball. Uh, still move. I and mean, there's nobody there that's really limiting your what your offense capabilities are right now, except for 82 mil at the moment. And but I'll he'll, get, you, and I'll he'll get, this,
3: get involved. He'll be all right. And I'll tell you this too. You were right about Mo Williams, man. I forgot about the chemistry with him and LeBron. I just blocked all that out because of everything that happened in the way everything ended. Like, I was just so mad. Yeah. You know I mean, like, <laughs> I just thought know about that guy getting killed on these screens. You saw they were killing him on that pick and roll with. Uh, Conley and Gasol. But other than that, the guy, you know what I mean? His his leg, he looks like he's got fresh legs. He looks invigorated being on the hands again. Like, you know what I'm saying?
0: Hell,
3: yeah. He's been playing backup minutes
1: the last couple of years, like splitting minutes. Um, But I don't
3: hear. – let's be honest.
1: This guy playing that hard in Minnesota and Charlotte. Right. No, 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 of course not. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) He's rejuvenated. But you're right. It's the show up in the playoffs. And there's he's got the defensive inability at sometimes, but he works
3: hard at it. <laughs> it seems so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this Aaron Smith's got to get his head right too, man. That technical <laughs> style cost us too. Yeah, same, he's played good so, tonight. Uh, he did play well tonight. I love J.R. Smith, man. Yeah, right, I he, he, this
1: man. <laughs> what do. This is the entertainment value is what <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, man.
2: All right. I'll, I'll just know if you the interview. All right, later. All right.